Hello, welcome to episode eight. Yes, we're already on episode eight of Be Bougie, Be True, Be You. I hope you're having a fabulous week, whatever you are up to. If you're enjoying the summer holidays, maybe you're doing a staycation, I hope it is fabulous. I know we are having a little bit of rain this week, but I'm not going to lie. Normally, I am a sunshine person. I think I said that last week, but I have been loving the rain and the cool nights again the last few days. In fact, on Saturday night, I curled up on my sofa with a blanket, put a bit of suits on, you know I love my suits, had a book that I was reading and lit a candle and a glass of wine and it felt like a real winter's night and I loved it so much. This week's episode, I spoke with my lovely friend Shrina Katadia. Shrina owns and runs a beauty salon in Crawley. It's called Dynamic Beauty. I will put all the details for the salon in the description underneath this episode. Shrina is a good friend of mine. We've known each other for, I think, pretty much around four years now. And although we work in very different industries, we've both supported each other over the years as we've both been women in business and we started around the same sort of time. We've had similar journeys with very different paths and I love talking to Shrina because she's so open and honest and also she is always so willing to help anybody that needs it. So if you are a woman and you're debating to start a business or you've got some ideas, this episode is definitely for you. We also talk about how women have the juggling act of juggling their personal life and work life. In Not that men don't have that, but it's just in a very different way. And I think Shrina gives some really good insights. So let's start this week's episode. You're listening to Be Bougie, Be True, Be You with Charlotte Jones, the podcast to chat about a little bit of anything and everything. Hello, Srina Katadia. Hello. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Uh, Hot. Yes. (laughs) The weather is extremely hot right now. I know, um, and I'm doing this up here under a blanket with all the windows closed and you know, and you're like, you just have to zone out, pretend it's not happening. Yes, exactly. I'm in my husband's home office with the window shut, curtain shut and the door shut. So yeah, (laughs) it is hot. Great. So I'm just going to get stuck straight in. You've got a very successful salon, but what made you decide to run your own business? I know that you originally began as part of a franchise, but even to do that, you've obviously still got to set up the salon and run it yourself. So what what encouraged you to do that? Well, it was a mixture of things, really. Well, I think I kind of always knew I wanted to go into business of some sort. I've grown up in families that have had both sides, my mom's side and my dad's side, have always had business and it's all I've really ever known is like from the day I was born my family had a shop so we've always been around business so I think it's kind of in the blood I just didn't really know how I wanted to do it and given that I'd gone to university and I'd studied law and criminology but not gone down the traditional law route because the recession hit in 2008 I then went into working in mental health so there wasn't really a path to having my own business what actually happened is I was getting some IPL treatment done at a place in Brighton, which was part of a franchise, which is perfect, really, because it's more what we're going to talk about in this podcast. Um, It was another female owner of that business who encouraged me to get into it. Oh, okay. 
yeah so what happened was i was there i'd been going regularly to get my ipl hair removal done and one of the owners is the same age as me ex-law graduate as well and she was just like why don't you open one in crawley and i was like kind of what what do you mean and she was like well you've clearly got a business acumen after we've been chatting so much and um you're really passionate about you know what we do here um we're part of a franchise why don't you meet with the uk director and see about opening one in crawley and she said there's clearly a need because you know you're bringing so many people in and you're traveling all the way down so crawley must have a need for it what what's the harm and i kind of went oh, okay maybe <laughs> and that's kind of where it went from so when you first started, did you come across any hurdles? Was there anything that made you nervous about starting even with the franchise? Oh, everything, everything. Really? Like, um, yeah, because like you hear horror stories about franchises as well. And now I kind of have my own slight one as well. Um, but yeah, it's a risk either way. Opening your own business is always a risk. You know, it's a finding the premises. Is it going to be the right premises? Is there actually a need? You know, I thought people would come, but would people actually come? You know, um, and without just relying on friends and family and things. And then it's like, the whole financial commitment as well. I put all my savings, whatever I had left into the business, you know, family were gonna help. So that was a risk as well. You know, that you were borrowing money from family, taking out a loan and completely like leaving my job and going into this completely new path, which I really kind of didn't have a lot of idea about apart from being a customer and having a general passion for it. Really, I didn't really know that much about the industry. I hadn't come from a beauty background so lots and lots of risks but that's kind of why I went with the franchise because I thought you know I'm going to have a marketing team I have people that know what they're doing I'm going to get really good training and I'm going to have loads of support around me yeah little did I know that wasn't going to be the case but yeah lots of risks right so um obviously share in in terms of how comfortable you'd like to be but what happened why was it not as you thought it would be I joined the franchise in November of 2015 we really struggled to find the right premises and find a good premises uh, then when we finally got our premises and we opened the doors on the 26th of March 2016 and you know it was all kind of it kind of just went a bit downhill from there in the sense with the franchise you know they came to put the sign up the first drill they smashed the window oh my gosh yeah when we opened up we didn't yet have a phone number um they didn't put our when we finally did get the phone number they didn't put the phone number on the on the main novello website for three weeks and then uh with all this happening you know we didn't really get that much marketing help we didn't get that much support and then before the end of june of the same year the whole uk department of the franchise just kind of disappeared just went the main director got ill and um, it turned out he wasn't really the director anyway. Um, it all kind of just disappeared. We got an email wow. to say there'll be no UK department anymore because it was a Spanish company. I was just kind of left to my own devices. I was really. going to say, so you were still allowed to run the franchise, but you just wouldn't have anybody there to assist you with it? Yeah, no contact, nothing. All we were able to do was order products and consumables. That was it. How about training? Because as you said, apart from being a customer, 
you didn't have any experience as such in the beauty industry. Did they assist with your training? Yes, they did. So we had to go on some really intensive training. I had to do a lot of theory stuff myself. I had to do a lot of courses and things myself. So I had to completely retrain. So I used a lot of that time between the November and the opening in March to um, go and do lots and lots of training myself, as well as I didn't leave my job until I think the end of December. Right. So obviously I was going to ask what made you decide to branch out on your own. I think that's kind of obvious. (laughs) But was there a particular point where you just woke up one day and thought, you know what? I don't need this. I can do this on my own now. Yeah, because what basically happened is the head office in Spain basically just left us to it and then turned up in kind of, I think, November time and were like, oh, this guy here is going to be the new UK director. And he was the owner of one of the other franchises, but he was doing the worst out of everyone out of like there were 11 cent, 11 franchises, 11 centers. And he was doing the worst out of everyone, including myself, who had started last. I was the last one in. It was actually his wife who was running the salon. He literally had no idea about the products, no idea about the treatments, no idea about anything, and clearly had no business acumen whatsoever. But he kind of thought he, uh, a lot of the owners were young women like myself, my sort of age range as well. And I think he just thought that he could walk all over us and that we would just go for whatever he said. And he wanted to charge more than the original franchise fees were, but give us basically nothing in return. We all kind of went out of the room, discussed, came back and kind of counter offered and like, we'll give you this, but we'll give you a smaller amount, but we'll give you a year to prove yourself. And if you do do all the things that you say you're going to do, then um, we'll happily pay the higher fee. He said no. So we all kind of went, all right, we're going to go off and think about it. And in the background, we all just kind of did our own thing and thought, no, we're going to leave. We've been doing it for this many months by ourselves anyway. Why do we need you now? And um, so in the background, I was kind of just starting to plan and whatever. And it kind of happened like over a weekend, really. Within 48 hours, we picked a new name. We set up the registered the name. Sorry. We um, started setting up the website. We got a logo and did all that kind of over one weekend. So everything was happening in the background. And we just dragged it on as long as we could until we had to say we're leaving. That's so I mean, I think in that sense I feel like I want to say everything happens for a reason and in the long run it has paid off but in that moment that is so unfair and it leads me on to a subject that you know you've seen I where I've experienced it firsthand as well and I'm not being sexist by any means there are millions of fantastic men out there but have you being a woman in business come across not and it might not necessarily be a man it could be a woman as well but where like you say they look at you as a young woman and they think they can get away with more, they can do that more because you're a woman or because you're young. Have Obviously, that was your first experience, but has that been a regular or even a hurdle throughout your journey so far? Yeah, I mean, like I was there for your part of the journey and I hope you're <laughs> going to share that soon as well. I will. Um, because uh, it was a very interesting time. But yeah, all the time, like I'm five foot one, I'm tiny. And I look, <laughs> um, luckily, in a way, I look much younger than I am. So it's really hard for people to take me seriously as it is. So yeah, no, I find it all the time. I find that people don't take you as seriously as a business person. And especially when I say that my business is running a salon or a skin clinic 
people just don't take it so they think oh oh so you just do nails for a living and you just think no that's just that's not what i do yes i do nails as well but that is just a minor minor part of what i do and i do think that a lot of men especially look down on it and don't respect it as much and will try to slightly take advantage of it and act like like when i get salespeople come to the salon all the time you know they think they think they can pull one over on you or they think that they can overcharge you or something like that and then when they actually start talking to them and i go no this that and the other you know what are the profit margins what are this what are that what are your stats what are this and that then they kind of go oh actually she knows what she's talking about she actually does know how to run a business so is that how when you come across people like that is that how you handle them then you just almost in a way have to sort of but it's not really fair that you have to go out and prove yourself in that way each time is it it's not fair no but I think you get used to it I think it's annoyingly because like it shouldn't be the way but yeah you do get very used to it I think just as a as a female running your own business is harder it is we have to go through so many more hurdles and obstacles and we have to think about so many other things as well that men I just don't think have to think about or don't even wouldn't things that wouldn't even come up on their radar I agree with you and I think it's so interesting I mean the way that we actually met was I was working for a startup radio station and you were a guest and because you had just started out as well so that was my first experience of working with somebody that it wasn't as it seemed to be at the beginning and ended up falling through. And then my second experience of that was an internship where it was supposed to be three months unpaid. It was a startup company and the idea was great. But the person that started it in particular, they weren't a media person. They didn't have a media background. And that is why myself and another woman were brought on because we had our media experience and we were there to help him and guide him to launch this online channel. And actually, because of knowing you for as long as I have, I knew how well you knew how business worked. And I thought you had a great background. So I was like, do you want to come and be on the show? And at the beginning, when (laughs) I first asked you, I was so excited because it seemed like such an amazing thing. But it seemed to be as each week went on, more and more of these cracks were beginning to appear. And what was so frustrating is it was a, a slightly older man that was running this by himself. And He didn't, and I don't know whether it was ego, I don't know whether it was pride, but every time we tried to politely say, look, there is a reason it's done this way, we kind of have to do it this route, otherwise it won't work, he would just shut it down. And I remember at one point having to get fairly firm about something because it was just getting embarrassing. And his response to me would be, well, maybe you need to think about if this is the right company for you to work at. And I was like, look, I'm trying to help. I'm not hindering. Like, this is falling apart. It was literally falling apart around us. I mean, I wasn't actually there at the first filming day because I was um, doing a charity event. But you were there, weren't you? And the whole Oh, my thing... God, it was horrendous. <laughs> it was horrendous. Yeah, I mean, I remember telling you about it afterwards and being, and you just being in horror. But, like, me and the other women that were on the uh, Women in Business show were just, like, walking back to the train station going did did we just come out of that did that just happen have we just been punked you know sorry for younger listeners if you don't know what punked is (laughs) but like um yeah um yeah like did that actually just happen yeah it was it was a shambles it was an absolute shambles but I think the reason we all kind of still did it as business women hopefully respectful business women was because the concept was so good the concept was really, really good. It was just that um, I think I kind of, 
I think having met the person that you're talking about, I think it was a lot of ego. And you could tell, like, even though he was doing this whole concept of women in business and women being strong and independent and all these sorts of things, you could just tell, even from the way he was talking, he didn't really believe it and he still thought he was better. Yes. And um, then these I... women that were way more successful than him, not me so much, but the other women, no. they were amazing. You know, they had got, they had just done so well. And I just thought, yeah, every time he spoke, we all kind of looked at each other like, is he serious? Well, that's the thing. That, that was the thing that was blowing me away the most. You all are so successful <laughs> in your own right. And he was talking to them as if he knew better. And technically, right now, he may have done other things. But in this particular journey, he's at the beginning. He's starting mm. at the bottom. And the thing that was my breaking point and actually led me to register my own production <laughs> company was the second day of filming where I was there, the the other woman I was working with and I, we worked tirelessly for two days straight to try and get it reorganised, reshuffled so that everything that awful had happened that first time round just wouldn't happen again. And I think we did quite a good job. It went quite, I think it went quite well. It flowed. Everyone seemed a lot happier by the end of the day and we were really relieved. And his response to us was, right now you've got to prove to me how much you want it as in because we weren't being paid at this point. And he realised, I think, that we had kind of pulled out the bag but he maybe didn't actually have the funds to pay us. This is my speculation. I'm not saying that mm. this is true. And then it was like, we've just proved to you. We've just pulled like, a whole day of filming out the bag between the two of us. We've done it. And you're still now telling us we need to prove. And I think you heard the conversation because I had to I sort did. of go in. Yes, I did. And I was, I was shocked that he had the nerve to speak to you guys like that. And in front of me as well, who was supposed to be a guest or panellist on the show. And he he had the nerve to speak to you like that. And me having come there twice and seen what you guys had pulled off. The fact is, it could have easily happened without him there. And because you two were basically running the show. He was just Well, present. thank you. But yeah, he, he was. He's just like the uh, the figurehead. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And but what I what I loved about that day is after <laughs> after it kind of all blew up at the end, which was which was a shame because of how good the day had gone before that. Yeah. We went to the bar, didn't we? We went across the we went across the other side of the building because I just yes. needed to calm down because I was driving us home. You were shaking. You <laughs> were like, you know, you, all that adrenaline had brought up and you'd like let loose uh, to him and told him it was not all right to speak to you or your colleague in that way. And I was like, Charlotte, you know, I was there on the sidelines going, what? Well done you you know because I know you've told me before how you know you do sometimes have a tendency to let people walk over you and things like that and I just saw this side of you which I was just so kind of proud of knowing you on a more personal level like I was just so uh, amazed and so proud of you in that moment that you not only stood up for yourself but for your colleague as well oh thank you so much that does mean a lot because yeah normally I'd be like cowering but I just got to a point where I was like it was so obviously wrong and I couldn't I couldn't avoid it anymore but what I loved yeah. is when we went to the bar the conversation we had that day it was you were such a huge support to me that I actually went home and was like at this point I could do this on my own now I've I, I, I know yeah. I've got a lot to learn we've always got a lot to learn but I'm in a position now where I know enough to get started and I think the support from you and the other women on the panel who were amazing after it actually completely shifted direction but that mm. hurdle of trying to do it for somebody else who wasn't being appreciative who probably wasn't also being exactly as they said they were and I think that leads yeah. me on now to talk about women supporting other women because how yeah. do you feel do you think that women could support 
other women more? Yes, I do. I do. I have to say, I really do think that. I think it's getting better. And I think it is getting there where women are starting to realise, actually, we, we don't need to be fighting each other. We can be supporting each other. And I think that conversation in the bar, I think it, I actually told you to quit and start yeah. your own business. I was like, Charlotte, why don't you do this yourself? Like, honestly, you, you're ready for it. You know, you've got all the acumen and yeah, there'll be hurdles along the way, but that's gonna happen whether you do it now or in five years time, you know, there's always gonna be hurdles. And I remember having that conversation with you and kind of like telling you to quit basically <laughs> and do your own thing. But no, I think women generally like, I've, I've experienced it where there's other women business owners who will try to cause you problems and be really unsupportive and try to put you down. But at the same time, I've experienced other female business owners who were so helpful and so supportive and so amazing. And do you know what? When you find your little, what I like to call my little female business crew, you know, your little support system, and it's never in the places that you expect. It's just never really in those places. But when you do find those few people who you respect and who are doing it and they don't have it all, but they're just doing it. And, you know, they do it in a way which is ethical and which is right. And they still kind of they go through hurdles and then they still just pick themselves up and get on with it again. You know, no matter what life seems to throw at them, it is amazing when you have that little support system there and uh, females are supporting each other because it's really different having female friends or female people around you that have businesses businesses to men around you uh, that have businesses it's completely different it is because like you were saying your your career path to mine is totally different mine's media yours is beauty like they don't mm -hmm. have any links however we have been able to support each other in so many different ways over the years I mean mm -hmm. you're brilliant like I also run a jewelry shop with my mum <laughs> and every time that you do an event at your salon you invite us down and we have a stall there which is always a huge help to us like we've we've bounced back I've done some filming for you in the past for your mm -hmm. website and even though in a sense they say they're not linked they, these are all things that also and we're just, we can listen to each other as well. We can have conversations yeah. where it might be a different industry, but the support is still the same. Business at the end of the day is still business. And having, knowing that you've got somebody that is going through something similar, it just makes you feel so much more supported. Yes, for sure. Yeah, like I said, we just have so many different hurdles than men do. As women, we're just not very good at picking ourselves up or, you know, putting ourselves up there as much as men do. We put ourselves down so much. We don't realise actually what we've achieved. Like, I remember that time when you asked me to go on the Women of Business show. I was like, really? Me? Like, I'm, I'm not really a successful businesswoman. You were like, yeah, yeah, you are, Shreda. And even like coming on this podcast today or when I've been asked to do another podcast, I'm like, really? You want to speak to me? My story? Like, what? what doesn't, it's not that interesting. Or, you know, I haven't done that much. Uh, like, there are so many more amazing people out there. And you don't really have as much self-confidence as a lot of men seem to have, or at least portray that they have. Yes. Yeah. But the, see, it's so it's so strange to me that you say that, because when I was first started working on that project, you came into my mind very early on, because it it wasn't just that your business was successful and that you were friendly. I could tell that you did the work, you do your research, you know what you're talking mm. about, and you work really hard. So to me, you're a great role model for somebody who wants to get into business. And you were in my mind at the beginning, and as soon as it got to a point where I thought I might be in a position to put anybody forward, you were the you were the only person that I thought of <laughs> that I wanted to put forward. And it's funny, oh, isn't it? <laughs> but it's like, 
I don't know about you, but if I go through a brief confident phase, and like you say, not even big yourself up, but just try and be nice about yourself, as soon as you say yeah. it, you want to retract it, don't you? As soon as you say yeah. something where you're like, oh, I'm quite good at that. You're like, oh, I mean, uh, and you kind of withdraw it. And I don't know why, because like you say, men don't, or not, again, not all men, but certain yeah. men don't do that. They'll happily say everything they've achieved and accomplished, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're, we're just not... We're not our own cheerleaders enough, you know? And that's why, like, sometimes it is great having other women around to be your cheerleaders, to say, no, you are amazing. Yeah, you're doing really well. And that's, like, where we support each other with our businesses as well. Like, that's why, like, wherever I can, I'll support CJL. And I can, uh, like, with the media stuff, obviously, there's not too much I can do from the salon perspective. But whatever I can do personally, I always try to do. Because I think it's just so important. And it's the little things that people don't realise. The small... like shares, liking things on your social media, just little, little things that actually make such a big difference. It is because it's exposure. And at the end of the day, it takes five seconds to click share mm-hmm. on a post or like, or even 10 seconds to share it on your story and write a little comment to prove that you do know what it is that you're sharing, you know? Mm. Why do you think some women, it is hard for them to be supportive of other women in business? I'm I'm not sure. I don't know if they maybe feel like you're their competition or if you if they feel I don't know what it is because but I've experienced it firsthand for sure. Like I even had a client who came in. She's not a client anymore. Um she came in and you know she'd moved from the Midlands somewhere and she had her own make makeup line and was talking to me about like could i help do i know anyone could i sell it in the salon whatever so i was like really chatty really supportive really like yeah sure like i know you're going on holiday when you come back you know come in do a demo for me show me the makeup let me see it and sure i'll do whatever i can to try and help you to promote you if i can't sell it or promote it here in the salon i i know some makeup artists who might be willing to use it and then promote it that way all these sorts of things and then I thought it'd gone really well. We were really chatty. She told me about her family and everything. And later that day, I got my first one-star review on Google. No. From her husband. What? Why? Yeah. And I was shocked. I think I was actually nearly in tears. And this is like, I've I've got past the kind of bad review stage where I let it bother me too much. Because we don't really get that many, thank God. But um, yeah, it was just about, oh, I was completely unhappy with the service. You know, they kept my deposit and this, that and the other. And I was thinking, hold on a second, that doesn't warrant a one star review. I explained everything. I explained, you know, our deposit system that you get it back at the end of your treatments. It's just to secure your next appointment. But that could have been easily resolved through an email. Yeah, conversation, communication. Or a phone call, you know, just to say, hey, um, sorry, what's going on with my deposit? Or, and I don't think for a minute she wasn't happy with the service. And she did say it to me later. So I actually messaged her privately and said, Hi, I've just seen this message from your husband, who I'd spoken to as well, and who seemed really friendly with me. And he'd I'd explained the whole deposit thing to him as well. And I was like, with regards to the deposit, there must be some sort of confusion. You do get it back. You can have it back whenever you want. It's just to secure your next appointment. If you're not happy with the service, please let me know what's wrong. And please let me know if you've had any sort of reaction or anything. I'd be more than happy to help. And she just didn't get back to me for ages. So it wasn't really that big of an issue then, because if you really did want your deposit back or needed that money back or were really unhappy, surely you would respond. Yeah. I... And she didn't for ages. And then finally, like a month or two later, she finally got back to me and was like, 
hi yeah no i was confused about that and i thought it would be like this i, I was confused about the deposit and then like yeah i thought the treatment would be like this and i said no this is just the way we do it different machines do it differently you know sorry if there was a misunderstanding whatever but it took her husband three months to take that one star review down and one one star review when you've got all five star and four star reviews takes you down to three stars that's so unnecessary and it just wasn't needed yeah. the, the only thing that I can think of is and I think it's a form of what we were talking about earlier like if we try to pay ourselves a compliment and we do struggle to be our own cheerleaders I think mm. because of that and that lack of confidence at times can make some people it's like when they feel would you say she maybe felt threatened by your salon and it was a way of I'm not saying obviously I can't speak for her but I think in those situations sometimes if somebody feels threatened it's easier to try and bring somebody down yeah, I think it was either one of two things. Either it could have been she was threatened, or one of three things actually. She'd had a disagreement with her hubby and he and it came taken out on, on us about the money situation and the confusion with maybe the deposit or something. Or they had a connection to another salon and she'd come in to do it to then be able to leave a bad review because that does happen. We Those sorts of things happen. We've had like instances in the past where a clearly another salon, we suspect which one it is, but I can't say for sure, was like would book up like evening and weekend appointments and then not show. That's awful. Yeah, to try and disrupt your business. We've had it, we, we've not had the same thing, but in our shop, I mean, our shop in, is tiny and we've had people come in before and just really randomly start putting putting all the stuff down and saying, oh, I don't like that. And it was... And then we found out later that they were from a shop in the nearby town, like five or ten minutes away. And, you know, and you just think, what was the need? Like, I don't know what you get out of coming in and doing that. Like, if you don't like the shop or you're not sure, just just stay away. You don't you don't have to come in. You don't have to be a customer, but you don't equally have to try and sabotage. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's so unnecessary. Yeah, and I like I I just don't understand it. We've had a client of ours who is, you know, a client who's also known to us, you know, through family friends and stuff. He was really supportive in the beginning of us. She's just recently um opened her own salon in Crawley as well. And I called her up, myself and my mum, you know, and called her up and said, we really wish you all the best. If you need any help, please let us know. I've even told somebody to apply for a job there. Because at the end of the day, she doesn't do all this. She does some of the same treatments as I do, but not all. But actually, do you know what? She's trying to make a living as well. And if it's not her, it's somebody else. But if there's some knowledge or help that I can impart there, as long as she's not directly trying to steal my customers, why wouldn't I help her? Exactly. We're all fighting the same battles and we're all doing it for the same reasons. She's doing it to make her life and her family's life better. And that's what the rest of us are doing. So why would we try and put each other down? We do that enough ourselves. We don't need other people doing it for us. I completely agree. I think that the biggest thing people need to remember when it comes to behaving in those sorts of ways is there's enough room for everybody. Everybody can be successful, even if it's a similar business whatever it is that you're thinking that makes you feel threatened or panicked or you get unnecessarily mean towards another person or business just remember that that's not going to change that business but equally either way is not going to stop you from being successful just focus the attention and energy that you're putting into sabotaging somebody else focusing in your business will mean that your business is more likely to grow than just by going and attacking somebody else exactly yeah you know focus on your own business or actually do you know what make an alliance because at the end of the day like you said for us especially in the beauty industry we can't do everyone We can't cater to everyone. And there's some things that I don't do that the salon down the road will do. There's some things that I do that they don't do. And there'll be days where, you know, 
they're fully booked, but they have somebody that comes in last minute, you know, a bride to be or has a holiday to go to, whatever. And you can pass them over to each other and you can make alliances rather than like I've got hairdressers down the road and we sh we share, we recommend clients to each other. We really help each other out in that way. Wherever I can, I promote her. She promotes me and we just help each other out. She fits me in for last minute, like whenever she's got a free slot and I'm free for a haircut and I'll fit her in for her, her treatment. You know, whenever she's free, she'll call me up and be like, right, I've got 50 minutes now can I pop over and I'll be like yeah and I'll be like right I'm free from this time to this time can you fit me in for a quick fringe trim or whatever and we help each other out and it's it's just lovely because we both understand what he, what the other one is going through so we help each other out and we understand the same way if a client walks in we're gonna have to cancel the appointment with the other one and we understand that as well so why why women feel that they can't help and support each other instead of trying to sabotage each other i just don't I, it just baffles me we're all humans at the end of the day and i think that's what people need to remember it's not your business my business it's we're both human beings and we're both women and we need to help each other more than anything exactly and life is so much better there's enough horrible things going on in the world we don't need to create more unnecessary upset if we just help and support each other also it makes life more fun you're having more fun you're building yeah. more relationships you're you might create really good friendships that go on outside of work there's so many possibilities by being positive and building each yeah. other up but sticking with hurdles slightly obviously everything <laughs> going on this year with COVID-19 and all the restrictions put in place now I will say that obviously today the date we're recording it's the 13th of August so yes. we do know that announcements are chopping and changing quite a lot especially for the beauty industry but yeah, how we're expecting one tomorrow <laughs> oh okay so how have you handled this situation since March okay so March was a real blow when we had to close the doors it was just, I mean, we've only ever closed twice, really, in, that we've closed the salon twice, once for my wedding and once for um, one of our members of staff, Aga, once for, for her wedding. And that was literally it. So closing for lockdown was uh, insane. We just didn't really see it coming. We weren't sure if it was going to happen. And then it did. And then um, I was at home for a long time. I'm still trying to manage the business, trying to diversify, see what I could do. But really, we're in a service industry where we have to be face to face for most for all our treatments. So it really took a toll. And then when we were, we were going to be allowed to open on the 4th of July, then we weren't. And then we finally were told on the, I think, the uh, Thursday before the 13th, which was a Monday, that we at 5.20 that we could open on the Monday. That's... So it was all hands on deck yep. and like with all these extra measures in place. Like as far as the beauty industry goes and salons especially, and especially like clinics like my, my own, being clean has always been number one priority. We've always sanitized, disinfected, and cleaned everything. You know, you've been coming to us for years. Oh, you've yeah. Seen, we Hands always down. wear gloves. We clean everything down. Everything is sanitized. You know, um, hygiene is very procedure. high up. Yeah, it's it's normal. It's everyday stuff. You know, even if you don't use a towel, but you touch it, it goes straight in the wash. You know, um, all those sorts of things. So in that sense, it wasn't that much harder, but the actual kind of face-to-face -face contact stuff. So, you know, it was all about bringing in visors, bringing in masks, bringing in more more PPE, all that sort of stuff I had to kind of manage and do, Turn, moving everything electronic because we were still doing 
pen and paper folders, you know, client notes and all that sort of stuff, moving all that electronic. And that was a big hurdle for us to do, like, you know, and very quickly when the government all of a, all of a sudden announced, yeah, you're going to open. We were like, oh, oh, my God. I was like, girls, all hands on deck. Let's get ready. Let's go um, sort of thing. And I was really lucky. I got a really good team that were really supportive. I've got really good family members and friends that were around. My husband's amazing. Like, and we all just kind of got on with it you know he was here in the house till like 12 o'clock at night scanning on folders to our new booking system and all sorts you know so yeah it was it was great in that sense um I had a lot of help but it really has affected business because from up until today we've still not been able to do anything on the face and when 70% of your business is on the face it really takes its toll it's taking it's taking its toll on me because I'm the one there all the time you know I'm trying to manage everyone's shift patterns not everyone's in all the time now they're all kind of part-time now and then on top of that the government only gave us that initial £10,000 funding mm -hmm. and have given us no help whatsoever. So we are like the last ones to open, but have had no extra funding whatsoever. So like your pubs, your bars and your restaurants and everyone got 25000 Now they're getting all these eat out to help out vouchers. They've got lower taxes and everything. They're getting all this help. You know, music industry has got help. You know, theatres have got help. Loads of industries have had so much help. Yet we have not had any extra help We've been messed about um, continuously on when we could restart doing certain treatments when we can't, even though we're much safer than a lot of those places. So it's it really is difficult. I mean, I think in four years, to be honest, um, it was hard to say it out loud where I kind of had actually came home one day and went to my husband, who's also an accountant. So he's a maths man and went, are we going to survive? Like, is the business going to survive? Are we going to be OK? Wow. That, yeah, it, it's so and it's so upsetting that it's so out of your hands. Like, what do you think the government could be doing, in your opinion? What what would help you the most over this time or going forward from now? If they they chop and change their minds last minute, but what what support could they give you that would actually be beneficial from now? I mean, vouchers like they're doing for bars and restaurants and things that would be great. You know, help with taxes as well, lowering the VAT for us would all be great you know more funding really because at the end of the day if you've got an actual brick and mortar business like myself yes even when we were closed we still had to pay bills we still had to pay gas electricity for security systems like you know we lease a lot of um equipment because we have big electrical equipment you know which is extremely expensive so we're still having to pay down pay off those uh monthly payments and things like that so just some more funding would be really helpful and supportive and just some really clear guidelines because I think the biggest problem right now is so many places are breaking the rules and not following the guidelines because one, they're not clear enough. And two, they kind of don't make sense. Like it doesn't make sense that you could go and sit with somebody in a pub, sit next to them, you know, with no mask on, nobody seems to be wearing PPE, you know, not even your server. They're coming right up to you on the table to take your order and to give you your food. And these are all things and give you drinks. And these are all things that are touching your mouth and you are ingesting for a you know, disease that is transmitted through droplets. That seems extremely unsafe compared to coming to our salon where we clean everything down. You're, you're restricted to the area where you are. The client is wearing a mask. The staff are wearing a mask, a visor, gloves and scrubs. And we're literally sanitizing everything. We just don't understand how one could be deemed as safe where the other one isn't. So having so this is why so many people are breaking the rules. We know even though the government have said you can't do faces, 
I see loads of people walking around with their lashes done. Yep, I've seen that too. Yeah, and you just think, wow. And then they're like giving really harsh sanctions, but it's just like, well, actually, give us some real help. Because at the end of the day, I think through the whole coronavirus situation, women have suffered the most and I... are suffering the most. And the beauty industry is run by women. There's I... so many women out there that are just not able to make a living. I was going to say, why Why do you think it is? It, the beauty industry in particular has been so badly affected do you think i feel like this is a bit of a a difficult question and but do you think that there is sexism that plays a part in this maybe i I really do and um you've probably seen i went to social media and i kind of i've done it two or three times now where i've put out a post and going you know it feels like boris is uh waging a war against women because at every stage we are being punished like men can go get their beards trimmed but women can't have their eyebrows done i mean for god's sake it's the only part of you that is shown your eyes and your brows wearing a mask let women have their eyebrows done men can get their brows trimmed um and done at barbers so why can't we we're much cleaner than barbers most of the time you know i I, i'd like to see a barbershop as clean and sanitized as we are i do agree and i do think there is a lot of unfairness going on and i hope with the announcement tomorrow that you will start to be able to get back to some normality with all of that because I do I understand that everybody needs to be kept safe and it's a difficult time but I do think the way that it's been gone about it's not been handled very fairly and the support has not been spread very evenly across the industries especially in yeah. the UK I think earlier on we were talking a bit about the differences and challenges of starting a business between men and women and I think one of the challenges women face is there's definitely more of a a juggling act for women yeah what are your views because obviously when you started well not so much we know actually when you started your business you were engaged weren't you and planning your wedding yes no he I wasn't actually and he proposed the day after we opened the business so we opened on the 26th of March we had our launch party on the 26th of March and he proposed on the 27th Oh, that's so, so I was sweet. I was shat- well, I was shattered. I was tired, <laughs> but he said it was the only way to catch me off guard because I was so focused on the business and getting it ready to open that I literally completely forgot about the whole like you know engagement thing. So the next day he just said, "Oh, let's go out to celebrate, just me and you. Let's go for dinner." And uh, so I thought, "Oh yeah, cool, yeah, that sounds lovely." And actually, he'd planned this whole big proposal. And I had no idea. You can <laughs> so, tell like, he must this- know you very well to get he you does. off like that, catch you off guard like that. <laughs> yeah you know me well that I'm not very good with surprises I'm not very good with being caught off guard well you're things. the boss you like to be the, yeah. you know you know you like to know what's going on so uh... exactly I'm a bit of a control freak <laughs> so yeah lots of juggling to do so yeah I was juggling planning a wedding and starting up a business and then like we we basically rebranded and left the franchise three months before my wedding and it wasn't your kind of standard wedding it was a big seven events you know big Indian wedding so it went out over about six weeks or so didn't it (laughs) no it was 10 days but it probably felt like six weeks I know that there were several events but they weren't like one after the other you had a few days between some of them didn't you yeah so it was spaced out over 10 days and it was Uh, six separate days uh, with seven events spaced out over 10 yeah it was it was absolute madness yeah we managed it luckily and we didn't have a wedding plan or anything I was doing it all you know myself family and my amazing crew of bridesmaids groomsmen and uh, family friends so how do you how do you think women do juggle it what advice would you give to a woman because I do think that could be part of the reason why some women are put off from starting their own business because if they're thinking 
they want to get married or maybe they are married and they're thinking about a family but they think it might just be too much work it might just be too difficult and awkward what advice would you give to somebody well to be fair like I'll be we've we've talked about this before yeah. um <laughs> I would say be prepared it's hard you will have to worry about things that no man is ever going to worry about like before I even got engaged before I even signed up to get the business I had to have that conversation with my other half to go you do realize I'm going to be coming home late I'm going to be getting home at eight o'clock and then having trying to make dinner and juggle and do the cleaning and this that and the other you know are you okay with that no man's ever asking any women are you okay with that no nope. you know yep. um, but women have to think about these things and being from an Indian family you know relatively traditional these are all things that are expected of you as a daughter-in-law as a daughter as a as a female as a wife you know you are still expected whether you work whether you have your own business to cook clean look after your house to be there for family events to be the daughter-in-law to be the daughter to have all these different roles and duties and it, it really is a hard juggling act you know and then if you want to have a family you have to think about these things like you know actually your your business is your baby and you've got to think actually do do I want a family is that going to play a part in it when would be the right time and you do put off life events to you know because of your business because you know you do think is it the right time can we afford to is you know can the business afford to not have me there all these things and you are continuously stressed so I'm not really selling it at this point but <laughs> at the same time it is amazing it, I wouldn't change it for the world. I wouldn't go back and not do it at, at all. You know, there's no point in my life, in in the four years where I've broken off and gone, I wish I never did this. It, no. Even that day when I came home, I was like, are we going to survive? You know, when I've got other people's livelihoods in my hands as well. It's a lot of pressure and it's a lot of stress. But at the same time, it's amazingly rewarding. But what I would say is only do it if you have the correct support around you because having the right support around you will will be make or break. It's not whether you have a great idea. It's not even if you're amazing at what you do. It's it's that's not what makes or breaks a business. What makes and breaks a business or a businesswoman is the strength that you have in yourself and the confidence that you have in yourself. And even when you don't have it to just be able to go out there and fake it and the people you have around you, because in a relationship, you need to be like if you are married or you're in a relationship or you get into a relationship, you need to actually consider is that person strong enough to be with a woman that has her own business that is strong minded, is ambitious and all these things that women are not brought up to be or not necessarily seen to be or it can be seen as unattractive. I love that you said that. So do you think that maybe some men struggle with the idea of a woman that is strong and independent enough to go out and do it on her own? Massively, really? massively. I think so many people, I think there are very few men that can be with women like us who um, are going out there and doing it because the fact is it's not easy for them and I think when they're with their friends and they're with the other guys and things like that you know it, I think other guys can try to make them feel a little bit bad about it and be like a little bit emasculated in a sense you know and they do have to pick up they have to bear the burden as well in the sense of 
picking up some of that juggling act where you kind of go, do you know what? Some of these balls are dropping. You know, I can't juggle them all at the same time. Can you please help me with all the housework? Can you help me with the cooking? Can you help me with these other things? And they're not going to have your, your full attention in the evenings because you're coming back and you're doing paperwork or you're, you know, doing social media stuff and all these other things that you have to continuously be on. And, you know, you're that one on holiday that is still checking the social media, checking your phone and doing all these things, which women are very good at being supportive of when their partners who are who are men have businesses but it's a very different dynamic when it's the other way around and i've got friends who are in that dynamic and it actually plays a real big weight on you when you have everyone else around you are like women who are married to businessmen and when you hear them and their complaints it actually gives you a little bit of a complex why is Difficult. it expected that women, like you say, we would just be supportive if our boyfriend, husband was going at it on their own, we'd be there to catch the parts that are that they're dropping while they're going at it. But like you say, why is it so much more difficult if you flip the roles and it's the woman doing it and the man has to be supportive? I don't, I see exactly what you mean. I just don't understand what the big differences are. Like, why I, should it be so different? I think it still comes down to expectations of women you know we've come so far yet still there is that underlying of the women are the ones that manage the house the women are the ones that bear the children the women are the ones that look after the children and actually other women are looking at you and going but are you going to be a good mother are is she a good wife is are you going to be able to do that you know you i get older family members women who are like oh you've made him cook and i'm like yeah, I did make I didn't make him cook. Yeah, he made dinner for us. He's eating too. I've been working. He's been eating too. You would never say that to me. Or you would never say that to him. Oh, you made her cook. You know, you would expect it. Why is it should it be any different? And people will judge your relationship as well. They will judge the the role reversals sometimes in your relationship. And other people will even try to make things more difficult in your relationship as well. Because like I have friends who will complain to me about their husbands. Oh, he's always working, he's always doing this. And he's like when we're on holiday he's on the phone you know checking on the business checking on this checking on that and i'm like um girls that's me in my relationship like that's what me. what do they but say when you say that they kind of go oh oh yeah and i go like it's a massive worry because like you lot are like oh you know he's not coming home and spending enough time with the kids or whatever and i'm like i'm the one that's got to bear those kids so as well as run my business, as well as then try and be home and be a good mother as well. And it's it's always this like niggling thought in the back of your head. Can you actually have it all? And I think that's what it comes down to of can you actually have it all? Can you be a successful businesswoman and have a family? And it's a really stressful and worrying thought. And do you know, I haven't actually talked about it much to people, but yeah, it gave me, I, I got really low and down about it like um, last year about this time, because I was really worried, like, you know, hearing all these other complaints that my friends who've got kids about their other halves. And I'm like, well, how am I going to do it? They're, just, they're the guys, they're not the ones even bearing these children and they don't have time to spend with, what am I going to do? You know, if I have to, if I'm pregnant, you know, maternity leave, all these sorts of things that businessmen don't have to think of, but business women do. It's a, it's a really like difficult situation, really. It's all these different worries. <laughs> yeah. How did you get to the other side of that? How did you make um, your way through? A, a lot of support, I think. I think being open with it and speaking to those girlfriends and going, girls, I'm actually really worried when you guys say these things. Am I going to be able to manage? Like, um, is it going to be okay? Like, is it, And they're like, no, Sharina, you're okay. You'll, you will because you were different and whatever. And I'm like, but why? What makes me different from your husbands who 
are spending so much time at work and you know what am I going to do and then I then also started speaking and they gave me a lot of encouragement to be fair but then also I started speaking to more other business women who were in similar positions who had children and going yeah actually do you know what you kind of can you have to make it work in your own way and then I think what you have to realize is that your relationship with your partner and your situation is different you can't expect your situation to be the same as those other people's your dynamic is extremely different you've just got to get on with it in that way and you've just got to accept we are different our relationship is different our dynamics are different our situation is all going to be very different to those of our friends and the people around us but it doesn't mean it's bad and it doesn't mean it won't work. It just means it's gonna be different. And then you get to, like me, I try to be a bit more positive, especially after listening to you and all your positivity and kind of go, what's the positive of this? And I go, okay, actually I could maybe be an influence to other women who are having these same worries as I'm having. Cause you find out it's not just you, it's just that people don't talk about it. And so to actually true. go, there's 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 other people worrying about these things and at the same time there's other people that are doing it as well so if they can do it i can do it and if the if other people don't have people around to look up to you could potentially be that person for them so that's kind of my positive from it that actually hopefully i can be an inspiration to somebody else by finding my own way and then going do you know what it is okay to feel like this but there are ways to get through it well thank you so much for being <laughs> so open and sharing all of that because i've honestly found it fascinating to chat to you and I know that we have lots of conversations like this anyway but just to talk about it on this level I've really enjoyed it so thank you but I just have one more question okay. for you which is you've come so far now your salon is doing really well even with everything going on in 2020 looking back is there anything that you would do differently oh okay <laughs> when you sign a contract even if you think you know how to get out of it or what it all means don't rely on that because um, it doesn't always <laughs> it does it's not always worth the paper that it's written on so yeah that for one and the other thing is to it would have been to give myself a break to go actually it's okay not to know everything straight away and it's okay to make mistakes and a lot of those mistakes as long as you learn from them they're okay to make that's very true I think especially if we start I mean I hope you don't mind me saying but when we started we're both in our mid-20s so we're still fairly young to this and I think when you're at that age you're so you want everything to be perfect and, and up and running and successful so quickly and you're so scared of anything going wrong that you do put so much pressure on okay. yourself and I think the more you navigate and the more you go through you realize that it's okay and you don't need to give yourself such a hard time that you yeah. do when you first start. Yeah, and you realize that there's no correct path. Yes. Every path is going to be different. There's no right way of doing it. There's just your own way of doing it. It's what and feels it right for right. you. Yeah, yeah. And once you start to accept that, it gets much easier. But yeah, it's hard to accept that in your, in your mid-20s. In your mid-20s, you don't know that. You don't accept anything. You don't accept yourself and you really give yourself a hard time when things don't go your way. Whereas I think four years down the line, I've kind of gone, all right, this is out of my hands. Like I'm just on, I'm on this roller coaster now and I'm just going to enjoy the ride because no matter what I plan, there'll be twists and turns and everything. So I've just got to go with it now. 
Great. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of that. I've had a really lovely time chatting to you. Well, thank you for having me on your podcast. And I've really enjoyed chatting to you. It feels like one of our regular chats. It really does, doesn't Um, it? Yeah. I mean, I hope we can continue to support each other and to hopefully inspire and um, support other women that are around. And I would like to say, like, if you're happy to, to share my my details, like for the salon and things. But um, for other women, if they want to contact me if they have any questions or you know need a bit of support or just want to bounce any ideas I'm really happy to help anyone that needs a bit of a uh, somebody to chat to who's going through something similar so well that's really kind of you to offer and I can highly recommend Trina if you are thinking about starting a business especially if it is anything to do with beauty what I will do is I will put the link for Dynamic Beauty's Instagram and your website in the description of this podcast so if you are Definitely. interested all the information will be at the bottom there thank you so much Charlotte